6: You mentioned it, so you can introduce the story. Uh, you were talking about it all day on MLB.com. Why don't you uh, share it with us? Or the MLB yeah. Network.
5: Okay. Yeah, MLB Network. We did uh, talk about it. Uh, and, of course, Chris, the news is that Josh Donaldson from the Yankees has been suspended by Major League Baseball for one game, and it sparked from an incident that happened over the weekend with the White Sox and the Yankees and
6: uh, Josh. i you, know, aside, quick, quick tangent. Yep. My White Sox came and put it on him. Look Yankees. at you, Chris. Now he's White I'm Sox. Just saying, that's hey, right. you know what? I'm gonna
5: be. You know what's funny that you say that. This could actually turn around their season. That was big. They swept the uh, day night doubleheader on Sunday from yeah. the Yankees, and yeah. they needed it big time. But uh, Josh Donaldson and and Tim Anderson got into it. Josh Do- Donaldson called him Jackie. As in Jackie Robinson, and we do Tim, have
6: post game sound from. Yep,
5: and Tim Anderson took offense to it, and was like, "We're not cool like that." And even Tony La Russa, can you imagine, Chris, the eighty year old white old man manager, saying, "Hey, that was racist." That's what mm-hmm. that's what he said. Right, Tony right. La Russa, not, you know right. what I mean? Like that was shocking, and we got here's Tim Anderson on it.
0: Yeah, he just made a you know disrespectful comment. Uh, you know, baseball is, you know, trying to call me Jackie Robinson. Was like, what's up, Jackie? I don't play like that, you know, and I don't, I don't really play at all. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really, you know, bothering nobody today. But, uh, you know, he made a comment, and, uh, you know, it was, it was disrespectful. I don't think it was called for. It that unnecessary.
6: All right, and then next we have? Donaldson here. He, here's his explanation.
5: First inning, I called him Jackie. 2019, he came out with an interview, said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game. 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that. If something has changed from that, like my meaning of that is not at any term trying to be racist. It was just off of an interview that what he called himself. Look, if he did, I apologize. Like that's not what I was trying to do by any manner.
6: All right, here here's my feelings on it, Rob. Um, when I first heard that he called Tim Anderson Jackie, I I didn't have the context. Right, you just heard the comment he had, and you're like, yeah. What? Right. It, yeah, I, I definitely thought that was racist. I was like, What? Oh, yeah, that that definitely was racist calling him Jackie. And then when I heard Donaldson's explanation, I said, Oh, then it doesn't sound racist at all to me. And I noticed that Tim Anderson didn't say it was racist. He said it was disrespectful, um, but I was feeling like okay, Larusa may have jumped the gun. Maybe he didn't know the context because it's from according to Donaldson, he's been doing this for three years, um, and I do think he's he did it particularly this weekend, Rob. I do think he was doing it to get under uh, Anderson's skin. But that doesn't necessarily mean he meant it in a racist way either. But then I started seeing some of the comments from other players like Liam Hendricks, who said, you know, he's not buying it and he's was teammates with Donaldson, Chris, I, doesn't like I, him. Like I a lot this. of players seem to say they they're not, they don't they were not vouching for this guy's character. Right. So that made me feel like Maybe then, even from three years ago, maybe he he was doing it with racist intent, so I'm just going to say for me to definitely say it was racism, or at least in my mind, feel like it was definitely racism, I'd have to hear from Anderson. I would have to hear from him like, okay, what these last three years he's been calling you that? Did you feel it was racist? Did you laugh about it? like he said? Like I would have to hear from him. Before I could feel comfortable in my mind saying it was racist or it was not racist. But those those are the different feelings that I've gone through with the different machinations of this story.
5: Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I, I'm always, Chris, looking to see the response from other people. But, you know, like who know him better than we do. OK, because right. that'll give you a sense of oh no not this guy like you know what I mean like even like he's on the Yankees now guys could have stepped up and said nah he didn't mean it right, like he didn't that mean it that way and we don't get any of that we got Aaron Boone the manager saying nah I'm like distancing himself from the comments that right. they were unnecessary and 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 whatnot and Liam Hendricks Chris the reliever for the White Sox this was his quote usual quote usually you have inside jokes with people you get along with not people who you don't get along with, which is true. And then right. he said, so the statement right there is complete BS. You know, he uses the full word that they're not boys. They're not friends. And here's the other part. If this was a running inside joke, why would Tim Anderson flip in this situation? If this has been like a running gag with those two. So that's why I questioned Donaldson. I, I think baseball was in a tough spot, Chris, right? Um, that they 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 don't want any of this in the game. We already know that. We just celebrated the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson it was a big deal for the league. Baseball embraces Jackie Robinson and him breaking the color barrier in 1947. I just don't uh, you know like if it's being used as a dig at somebody. You know what I mean? If you di- Jackie Robinson shouldn't be that. I just don't uh, he's an iconic figure, American hero, changed this country. And if it's a some sort of negative dig that he's trying to make at him, I, I do have an issue with that. So one game suspension, Chris, they needed to they felt like they needed to do something. Donaldson of course, is going to um, appeal the suspension and um, and leave it at that. Um,
6: yeah, like I, I do think I think baseball kind of at least I'm judging from the one game suspension, kind of feels like I do like, well, we're not sure. You know, we've talked to both parties. We've talked to people around. We're not, we can't tell. So look, like you said, we don't want any association with this. Right. We don't want it to seem like we're taking this too lightly. So we will do a suspension. But because we we aren't totally sure it was racism, we're making it just one game. Because right, if it was racism, if this was it'd be right. a lot more, like if they knew for a fact, oh, this dude's a racist, and he meant it that way. Right, it would have been longer than a game. I, I agree and, with you. And on I that. could look. I could, if he and Anderson were cool, or you know, I could see. Oh, Jackie, you know, because the way honestly, I don't agree with the way Anderson said, like compared himself to Jackie Robinson. And and I love Anderson. He's one of my favorite players, but um, for him to say because he's gonna, you know, in that 2019 article in SI, Rob that he's going to bring fun back to the game so he feels like he's Jackie Robinson. I mean, that's not a full, by any stretch of the imagination, understanding of just what Jackie Robinson meant, not only to the game of baseball, Rob, but to the country no. as a whole. So he- to say, oh, I'm going to bring fun back, and I'm, I'm like Jackie. No, you're not. I'm not going to kill him for it, but come on. You got to know your history better than that to be comparing yourself to Jackie Robinson off of something like, I just want to bring fun back to the game. Yeah. One thing if you're really doing those types of social justice activities, but just to say it based on I want to, you know, bring fun to the game, no, he he should have never went there in the first place.
5: Yeah, and I think Josh shouldn't have gone there as well, and I think that's why people are a little like they they don't get – you know why this is, and it's hard to buy in that this was our little inside joke. You know, like I just can't—that I can't buy in because I don't think if we, Chris, if we had an inside joke, I'm gonna run to iHeart to, to, to Lillian and and say Chris said that to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it it would be out of character to to overblow something if you guys had something going, and I just think. Uh, here's the other point that Joel Sherman from the New York Post made today, Chris, on on MLB Now, and 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 he made a great case that Josh Donaldson is a very good baseball player, could wind right. up with over 300 home runs in his career, but why has he been on seven teams? He's worn his welcome out at a lot right. of places. This is this is who he is. He winds up saying something, making people feel. A certain way, and I think he has a history, and that's why I think uh, baseball leaned the way it did, and and people didn't come to his defense.
7: Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media sports and more every week explore some amazing facts about human nature and more listen to the fifth hour with ben mallor on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast
8: i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but
7: same old yeah
8: and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's
9: right.
0: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
7: podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. and I can't wait for you to check it out.
6: The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit.
7: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
6: our man carrie Kerry Kittles. carrie Kerry, Kerry, what's, what what's going on guys what's
5: happening hey what's we up with good. your celtics man what what's happening don't what, don't what?
9: They'll, they'll take care of business tonight really? before we take... get there
5: <laughs> what about yeah, game we'll three get
9: there we'll have that conversation
5: help me help me with game three what happened lucy were you
6: shocked by that <laughs>
9: Nah, you know it, it happens. It's okay. will figure it out. <laughs> look at All Kerry. Right. He's like he Kerry already pushed. very
6: confident. Just, I, as a guy that also picked Boston, that's very reassuring. Kerry. I know he just that's pushed me reassuring. aside. Like whatever, Rob. Be quiet. They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> well, look, we gonna get into some of these games and yep. series with you, Carrie. But I, I, we were texting you and I over the weekend, and you had some, and you shared a little bit of it on the show with us. But you have some interesting theories about these injuries. I mean, tonight, I don't know if you heard, Marcus Smart is out mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Boston. Yeah, and Hero's out. And Jimmy Butler's got the knee injury. He's playing. We'll see how, mm-hmm. if he can play the whole game. Kyle Lowry just back. That's just to mention a few. Obviously, other series have been, you know, besieged by injuries. So, tell us your theory on why so many players nowadays are getting injured.
9: Yeah, I mean, this is something that I noticed a few years ago. Obviously, with the influx of the three-point shot and the emphasis to take more threes across the board in the NBA, the court is spread wide open, right? We don't see players in the lane anymore, so there's a lot more space on the court. Players have to cover more ground. Offensively, you're, you're, you're asked to drive in there for a layup. If not, kick it out and then space back behind the three-point line. And so you're seeing guys – driving in, driving in, driving in every possession, and you're just seeing the the influx of threes. So analytics says what? Take more threes. The more you take, the better chance we have for scoring more points because that's the value of the three-point shot now because these guys are shooting it at a very high clip. So with that, with the numbers of threes increasing and and teams taking those threes, you're seeing also the injuries increase. And so I'm asking why? What's going on? And so I sat courtside at a game about three or four years ago, and I saw why. I saw how fast this game is. And I realized that, like, you know, from playing the game for nine years, seeing how big these guys are, how fast they are, how much higher they jump, you're bound to get injured. The, the, yes. the human body is just not designed to do that at that clip. And so you look across the NBA, all these teams, stars, Across the board, missing games, missing games, and they don't even practice. They have all this rest, and they're still injured, and they still can't compete. That's a problem that I've been talking about for years, and now you're seeing it play out in real time this year in the NBA playoffs.
6: Do you feel like, as you've talked to any people around the league, are there other people that have these concerns, or is your theory, is it kind of falling on deaf ears?
9: I haven't really pushed my theory out there, to be honest with you. I've said it to some people, just but, like, I think they know. I think that they, they they know that there's an issue with guys missing games. They've been hearing it for a while now. Fans are not, you know, they're buying tickets and want to go to the arena to see their favorite players play, and they're not there in the lineup. So they know there is a concern there, but they're not going to change the game because they're convinced that the three-point shot and the thrill behind making and taking those threes is what fans want to see. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 90s player. I grew up watching the game in the 80s, but playing in the 90s in the early 2000s, I thought the game was very balanced then between the three-point shot, mid-range, and post-play and and, and presence around the rim. Now it's threes or layups. And and Mm. the fans want to see that, guess what? They're not going to change the style of play. Trust me, they won't do that.
5: Do you enjoy it, though? I mean, I got to admit, I've been covering this league – Kerry, since 1987, I watched every single minute of basketball games when I was growing up, when I was covering the league, when I was off. You know, I mean, the whole game. I watched right. the entire game. Right. I don't enjoy it nearly as much. I watch them, but I don't enjoy the style of play.
9: Do you still enjoy it? If you ask the vast majority of former players, they'll tell you that they don't, they don't enjoy watching it. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm one of those alone. players. I force myself to watch. To I watch. I, right. I do. I force myself to watch these games, especially during the regular season when it's just, you're you watching regular season now. I mean, you got for a bit with COVID and guys missing that. I mean, you're, you're watching G League guys out there. not No knocking G League guys. Right. But you're seeing whoever is showing up and putting on a uniform. So, you know, and with the style of play, you watch possession after possession. Miss three, miss three, miss three, miss three. It's like, Really? Like, we're going to sit here and just watch <laughs> miss right. three to miss three? Because analytics? I'm sorry. So, we, it, it's we a saw, different stuff. We sorry. saw that me.
5: Milwaukee with four for 33 from three-point. Milwaukee. Yes. I what mean, is
9: that? What I don't do know. That? I don't
6: understand that. I, don't. I think it was Eddie Johnson. and He said, look, a made – what he tells the analytics guys is a made two is better than a missed three. Right. <laughs> I understand that a three is valuable, but a made two is better. Carrie, let me ask you this, because you mentioned earlier – you saw, you watched how athletic the guys are, how mm, big
9: they are. Incredible.
6: And I agree that the guys are as ath- more athletic than ever. You know, more athletic yep. than in your day. Not debatable. But I'm not willing to say, and I'll, I'll go this far, I think their handles are better. In large part, the carrying is out of control. I mm-hmm. mean, the palm into the ball is ridiculous. Right. But they let it get away with it. And I think the shooting is better from distance, obviously, from, you know, range. Yes. But I'm not willing to say that they're better, that these teams today would beat the teams in your era. I'm not willing to say that they're better than you guys were. Where are you
9: at on that? What are the referees allowing the defender to do? That's really what it boils down to. Are they going to allow a little bit of hand check, a little bit of arm bar? If that's the case, uh, you know – I just can't see these guys because they can't take mid-range shots and make them at a high clip because right. they don't practice that shot. So you're saying with a little bit of arm bar, not a hand check, but a little bit of arm bar, a little guidance right there, uh, and you can't shoot mid-range. In my, I mean, they will get chewed up in my era with, with that kind of with that kind of officiating. Now, if that's a foul, obviously these guys are destroy Any any team from my era, any team, not debatable. All these young teams, Memphis. You know they're so fast, they're so athletic, they're so used to this style of play. And if you're going to call that little knickknack foul, they will they will destroy any team from the '90s. Period. Well, you saw
6: even to your point what Durant and obviously he's a great all-time great player. Yes. But the trouble he had against Boston, which I don't—that was physical, increase. right? Right. Yep, but I, I don't know how physical time. that was in your day. Right. I, mean, I think you you guys were more physical than that.
9: He would have saw that on a nightly basis. In that right. series this year in the postseason, Durant would have seen that style of defense on a nightly basis because on every team there was multiple guys six nine, six ten, who were going to be physical the same way Harden played them and others from the Celtics and in his stuff. And when he drove in the lane, there was going to be bodies waiting for him. Right. And so he'd have had to just make contested tough twos the entire game, which he is capable of making. But it would have been a real it would have been a real challenge for him, no question.
5: How about uh, the Luka scenario? I guess in the in the series, what is he negative minus sixty one points? Uh, let, let me ask you about the what does he need to do defensively? We know what an offensive juggernaut he is. We know what the record is. Of, what is it, Chris? Two and six now when he scores forty he scores or more, forty, yeah, 40, 40 or more yeah. points. That team is two and six, so it doesn't make it doesn't translate, yeah. yeah, to to automatic wins. and no one thinks he's going to be some sort of defensive stopper or anything like that. We know what he is. But can he improve his defense about effort, and does that carry over to his teammates when they see him making an effort? No question. No
9: question. You, You don't find many superstar players that are winners that take their team deep into the playoffs and farther with that guy just taking off that end of the court. Like almost totally just taken off. And point right. swi- point switching, late rotation, arm swiping, you know, like like no. Like he needs to study his coach and watch Jason Kidd's defensive efforts. Go back and watch the the Dallas Mavericks back in that what was that, twenty eleven, whatever season that was, yeah. they went to the won the yeah. championship. They
6: beat Miami, yep. Yeah.
9: And study his and study his head coach and watch him get in there and mix it up and get into a stance and move his feet and take on a challenge. If he did that, of course, you're looking at a different Mavericks team because now he's not a liability. Now he's influencing possessions on that end of the court. Now, and then, like you say, his teammates now are going to feed off of right. that. And he's going to he's gonna get more out of his teammates' commitment on that end of the court. They did it against the Suns collectively and he chipped in a little bit more defensively, but in this series thus far, these first three games, he's just out there basically, arm swiping and just, you know, point switching.
6: Carrie, I think they have a challenge a little bit of on the other end too, like because Luka does everything, right? It all runs through him. Brunson gets to show his stuff when Luka's yep. on the bench. Yep. I, is, is that – and we got about a minute for your answer. Is that hard for – I get it. If I'm Maxi Kleber and all I can do is spot-up shoot, I'm fine playing that way. But if I'm a guy that can go off the bounce myself, I can create my own offense, create other guy offense for other guys, I would get frustrated. Is that kind of how players of, of that caliber would feel, playing in that system with Luka? And do you think Dallas is going to have to tweak it a little bit and get him off the ball a little more and let other guys – Yeah, you know, I, do I agree thing. with
9: that. I agree with that. Like he needs to come off the ball more. And I said the same thing with Harden. You know, when these guys are really talented offensively and they can pass, they don't need to have the ball every possession all the time. Like play, Learn how to play off the ball more. Learn how to be aggressive off the ball to score. Let, let Dinwiddie handle it more, initiate the offense. Let Brunson handle it more. You don't need to have the ball in your hands the entire time, and you can still affect the possessions on offense because you're a threat just being out there. Yep. Right. And that's right. maturity, that's coaching, that's him seeing what that looks like watching film and seeing what that looks like and then buying into that style of play and say, okay, I'll let, Jay, let let Brunson handle it more. I'll let Spencer handle it more. I'll come off some screens and just get the ball up quicker and, play, and look to score off the ball, catch and shoot, catch and just go quick decisions. But you see that with him this year in the playoffs, and teams just good defensive teams, they key in on you and they make it really difficult for those role players because they know where you are now because Luka has the ball. We're going to key in on Luka, and now you're just spotting up and you're just nice. a stationary shooter. All and, right, and that's, that's something our something that he man. has to learn as well as Harden. We saw right. the same thing with Boom. Harden.
6: It might be a little late for Harden, but yeah, I agree with you. Harden <laughs> said he
5: took off the last two years; uh, he was tired. Okay, he will be back. All right, all right he Kerry, took great off. stuff, man. Thanks Real talk, great us. stuff. Right, and I
6: think I owe, do I, owe you, I owe you a dinner,
5: so we yes. got to do that
6: soon.
9: Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right, do I brother. owe you
5: wings? I didn't bet a dinner, did I? No, nah, we did steak dinners.
6: What no wings? Close oh, dinner. Celtics. All right,
7: if they lose, we're going to call you up tomorrow. That, I think
6: I owe you for something else. So, All right, Kerry, great stuff,
7: man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
8: We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's right.
7: Hey, my name's Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose
5: I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now.
3: So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: All right, but let's get Rob to uh, Luca Donches. We're talking about this Dallas Mavericks team. And look, Rob, I... I think we're both high on Luke. I, I, I may be a little higher on him. I think the dude is phenomenal. I, I think he I'm is not, I think he is too
5: incredible. I just, I, I just have a little reservation of whether you can win this way, and obviously there's time for them for him to be better defensively. there's time for them to add another player. I'm not saying writing him off like he can't win, because right. I don't believe the Dallas Mavericks are complete. You know, with right what they want to do around him, but th- but there is an adjustment that he needs to make Absolutely. as well. That's all I'm saying. No,
6: I'm not. I'm, I'm not, with I'm you not on down that. on him. I'm with you on that. Um, and let's talk. You you mentioned defensively. You've been harping on that. Right. Look, he's got a big body, that helps. Right. Even if you're, I mean, he's a legit six seven, and he's wide, so that can help you. Right. I mean, just your physical presence. You even saw now it wasn't defense, it was offense, but how he just wore poor Chris Paul down. There's no way, right? By Chris trying to guard him. I mean, right? He just wore him down. So just being that big helps you. And all he has to do, right? He's not going to be Michael Jordan defensively. Okay, we know that. Nope,
5: we know that. It's not going to happen. That's not in the plans.
6: But just put forth the effort. Be engaged. Maybe become a communicator, right? Because that's a big part of defense, too, is communication. If he just does those things, Rob, stays engaged, stays, you know, on a rope with his teammates, then that's all they need. You don't need him to be Kawhi Leonard. You need him to be engaged in the team defensive concept, and I think he can. But my, my So I think he will do that, Rob. My concern is offense.
5: Okay, let me say this, Chris, real quick on, on yep. the defensive. So according to uh, Second Spectrum, right, they look at defensive stuff and what yep. Luka gave up. A layup or a dunk on 10 out of 11 possible opportunities. So a chance for his opponent to score either a layup or a dunk. He gave up the basket 10 out of 11 chances. And his defensive issues, Chris, are a big reason why. his He's a team worse, plus minus, team worse, minus 61 in the series so far. So when he's out on the floor, they're minus 61. That's incredible when you think about the offensive firepower he gives. He, right. he is.
6: Right, right. Nah, it's um yeah. I mean, he's he right now he's a he's not a good defender. He's poor to mediocre at best. And we saw Phoenix targeting him. I think Phoenix got wounded. That's when they down. got thirty
5: four points. You remember
6: that? Off of yeah, him in the second yeah. half, right? Yeah, they went they were hunting him. And um but yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Like I said, he doesn't have to become an all league defender, but uh, he will get he has to get better on that end, and it's a matter of just wanting to. Uh, offensively, Rob, look, I've said it before. Luca, it's all Luca all the time, unless he's sitting on the bench, and it's Luca creates offense for himself, or he creates offense for everybody else. And as great as he is, Rob, we haven't seen anybody win that way. Not, not in modern times. Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points, 44 points, 37 points, 38 points. Never won a championship those years. When it was all Wilt all the time. Michael Jordan, Rob, I mean, he is a 30-point career scorer. So he scored a lot even when they were winning. But his highest-scoring seasons, Rob, I think his four highest-scoring seasons, 37 points a game, 35 points a game, they didn't win the championships. Right. Right? He, he lowered it a little to get others involved. LeBron, when he was in Cleveland, his first go-round, it was all LeBron. He didn't win. It didn't work. You're right. It's, if you're going to beat a lot of teams, and you'll be really good, as all these guys men- we mentioned, their teams were really good. But when you run up against a talented team that plays five-person basketball, five-man ball, you're going to lose. Nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. Rob, that's why the Spurs and the Warriors were the thorns in LeBron's side his entire career because those two teams played five-man team basketball and they were smart and they had talent. And no matter how good he was individually, they couldn't beat him for the most part. I mean, they did beat him, obviously, in 20, you know, a couple times, 20, 2013 and 2016, but they lost a lot more than they won. And so that's the, to me, Rob, that is the next step. That's what Jason Kidd has to figure out this offseason. All right? He has to sit down with his coaches. They have to pour over the film. And they have to figure out how can we, what's the best way to maximize Luka and whatever stars we have around it. I think they, I think what they should do is re-sign Jalen Brunson and okay. try to go out and get Zach Levine. So
5: get Levine from the Bulls and you think if that's the can. mission he's piece? he's a free
6: agent. Well, oh. I think he's a star. I think he's a legitimate star. I think he's not much of a defender now, but he's got everything you need to defend. He's athletic. He's long. He's, he can be a smart player. And I and I think kid can get through to him, Rob, to just be like, look, you got to give it to us on this end of the floor, too. And so I, I, that's the move. Those are the moves I would be looking to make if I'm the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, they
5: have to do something because you, you're not going to win this way. And I think that Mark Cuban – championship. And, no, right, right. And that's what I'm saying. You're going to wind up being this uh, – even when we saw Luca against the Clippers, right? They were they they played well but they couldn't close it out and now in this one they won a playoff series, so which is a step. Two and now yeah. Yeah. right and yeah, now you're uh, you know, you're in this situation, um and it doesn't look like you're any closer because there's still pieces that need to go with it. And and and, 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 and another player and I think the Luca leading by example, Chris, thing is important. Not that he's going to be the greatest. Can't come in sloppy, out of shape. Right. You know, you can't do those things. You That's look, what upset Durant with Harden. Right? Like, what is this? Exactly. Like, like what? Nobody's saying you got to work out every day in the offseason. Right. But you can't come in out of shape, Chris, when everybody else – And just decide, I'll just come and get there when I get there. That's not fair.
6: And it'll catch up with him. I mean, later, but eventually it'll catch up with him if he doesn't do that. If he wants to go down with the Luke, I mean, with the LeBrons and the Magics and the Birds, he's going to have to stay in some type of shape.